Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Ah, Welcome to the program. Hope you had a great weekend, everybody. Gang's all here, ready to go. Monday, best and worst of the weekend. What you saw that you liked, you didn't like. Your opportunity to be part of the program 877-3DP-SHOW, email address, dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at dpshow. Stat of the day is always brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards, the Dan Patrick Show. Play of the day, poll question, stat of the day, all of that forthcoming. If he's not the best offensive lineman in history, he's on the short list. Anthony Munoz, Bengals Hall of Fame tackle, will join us coming up a little bit later on. Our good buddy Ross Tucker was at the Hall of Fame festivities. Nice. He'll join us coming up a little bit later on as well. 877-3DP-SHOW, and uh, we'll get to your phone calls on best and worst of the weekend. I uh, This time of this the year, I always love listening to the analysts as they get ready for the NFL season, and they want to tell you who's going to be great and who's not going to be great. There's going to be teams going into the playoffs, teams falling out from the playoffs from last year. But I also like when they use certain words to describe a team, like they're hungry. All right, so that team's hungry. Tell me who isn't hungry. Because if somebody's hungry and you're pointing that out, somebody's not hungry. Man, that team, they are ready to fight you. Okay, so who's not? Whenever we describe, and we run out of ways to describe teams, like the Detroit Lions, hey, they're going to play hard. Okay, who's not? Just let me know. Because if somebody is, that means there's probably somebody who's not playing hard. You know, those Dolphins aren't going to play hard this year. You know, Arizona, man, they would rather be playing video games. Man, this team is going to punch you in the mouth. So somebody else isn't going to do that. 
Yeah, Paulie. Yeah, yeah. That uh, that Browns defense, they'll they'll get physical with you. They're they're they'll punch you in the mouth. They'll, to a man, they'll punch you in the mouth. So who? Oh, to a man. Yeah, to a man. But that, there has to be some defense that's a cakewalk. Yeah. I would love for them to be the other side of this, where you just say, "Oh, yeah, all right, we're going to be honest." Like you know, you know why I love this team? They never quit. Well, tell me who does quit? Yeah, Paul. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was just breaking down the Falcons. They don't even seem to want to be there, and then when they get there, they don't really try that hard. They love to mail it in. Yeah. No offense. Yeah, <laughs> but the analyst who will give this description, they never realize that. Okay, you're saying this about one team, then you probably are going to say something negative about another team. Yeah, Paulie. Or they'll say like, you know what? The the uh, the Colts are just like their city. It's a it's a hardworking blue collar city. <laughs> what are the white collar soft cities? Because if there's blue collar cities, yeah. there has to be soft cities. The Commanders traded for Carson Wentz, and it's obvious the former number two overall pick would be an upgrade over Taylor Heineke. Well, the Commanders, they need to improve, and you start with your quarterback. He's 29, and you would think at that age you'd have it all figured out. I don't think that's the case because the head coach of the Commanders, Ron Rivera, admitted that Wentz has experienced some accuracy issues throughout camp. Here is uh, Coach Ron Rivera. I think it's a lot better than you're giving him credit for just because of the way things happen in practice. There's a lot of little nuances that we see, that we look at, that we get to we get to review. Yeah, there's some some inaccuracies, but it's 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 nothing that you know we are overly concerned with. Okay, not right now. You imagine if he said, "Man, we're concerned about this." Of course, you're going to downplay this. What if Ron Rivera goes, "What have we done? We, we I, why, why didn't we stay with Taylor Heineke?" So Wentz has a cap hit of just over twenty-eight million dollars next season. He uh, ranks 27th among qualifying quarterbacks in completion percentage last year. So the training camp reports, I don't know if they're easy to ignore, but uh, probably not a great sign for the commanders going into this season. But I'll tell you, they play until the whistle. (laughs) They, you know, they, they embody their head coach. You know, they take on his personality. Yes, Marv. Culture. Oh, yeah, the culture. A a coach brings a winning culture or something like Mm, that. mm, Yeah. So the uh, commanders with uh, Carson Wentz. Man, when you think about how close he was to winning an MVP, if you go back to, what was that, 2016? 2017, his second year in the league, Dan, 11-2 and as a starter, 33 touchdowns in in, in 13 games. 33 touchdowns, seven picks. He was third for MVP. Well, he was going to win it if he stayed healthy. The only reason why he finished third was because he got hurt. Yes, he. I just remember when we had him on set at the Super Bowl after his rookie year, I want to say. Yes. And he he had a great year, and it was just like, wow, look at you. You know, like you did well and all this stuff, and you were like, hey, so how was that or whatever, you know? And you said something about how it was a great year for him, and he went, thank God that's over. I just want to get away from football. <laughs> And it's like, whoa, dude, you just spent a year having, like, your wildest dreams come true, and your reaction to it is, thank God that's over. I got to get the hell out of here for a little while. He wanted to go hunting. Dang, dude. Yeah, he wanted to go hunting. Yeah. You know, at that position, you you always have to give at least the impression that football is the most important thing in your life. And, and you know, there are some quarterbacks that it might be too important to them, but there are certain quarterbacks who are trying to convey that football is the most important thing in their lives. But you you look back on that decision to run the football against the Rams, 
and he ended up blowing out his knee. Now, he got a Super Bowl ring. He probably doesn't wear that proudly, considering that uh, Nick Foles came in and won the Super Bowl. But you can look back, and, man, he was so close. He was going to win the MVP that, that regular season. Yeah, Paul. All right, knowing what you know now, and there's still time left in both of their careers, whose career would you want, Nick Foles or Carson Wentz? Nick Foles, he was Super Bowl MVP, right? I'm going to take Nick Foles. You're, for your, the rest of your life, you're a Super Bowl MVP. Yes. You beat Tom Brady. But then you're also this weird anomaly quarterback who had that monstrous season 2013. Then he went away for a few years and did nothing. Then he has the unbelievable Super Bowl run. Then he's kind of a backup bouncing around again. I would take Nick Foles. Yes. Agree. Yeah, Marv. That's almost like who would you rather be, Randall Cunningham or Doug Williams? Randall Cunningham was nasty, one of my favorite okay. players, but okay. I'm Doug Williams. Bloop, bloop. Always. But, all right. I like that. That's a tough one, though. Randall Cunningham did some high-end well, stuff. Man, that is, you know, I always want the Super Bowl ring, but Randall Cunningham for a while was the most entertaining thing in sports. Yeah, but Doug Williams, the first African-American quarterback, you won the Super Bowl. He almost got knocked out of that game with a knee injury early in the first quarter against the Broncos. But back then, anybody could have played quarterback and beat the Broncos okay. defense. Sorry, Todd. It was 10 nothing Denver at one point. Let's ride. <laughs> Keep saying that, Todd. Let's ride. 10 nothing became 42-10 very quickly in Super Bowl 22. <laughs> Let's ride. Let's ride. Let's ride. Have you been working on your Russell have, Wilson? Actually. Okay, let me hear it. Let's ride. My high faithful. Let's ride. And that inspires confidence. <laughs> For Broncos. I'm ready to lead. I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm ready. What do you say, Denver? Let's ride. Let's ride. Let's ride. <laughs> Fritzy did one of those tributes to Russell Wilson. The backroom guys go, Fritzy, why don't you send a uh, Let's Ride to Russell Wilson and the Broncos? So Fritzy did one. Was that Friday that you did it? Yeah, I put on an Elway jersey and like Bronco sweatpants, and we did a whole fun thing in the back there. Let's ride. Let's ride, Bronco fans. Yeah. More likely the Broncos win the division or finish in last place in the division. I'd hate to say more likely last place. Okay. But I, you know, I'm going to hopefully they'll do a lot better than that. This program is brought to you by the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. America's heroes need your help. Do good in their honor, donating $11 a month to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. T2T.org, letter T, number two, letter T.org. Seton O'Connor, what kind of poll question do we have today? I'm going to throw it over to Paulie. He's got a poll question concept Ooh, for today. Concept. This is a little negative, but, okay. you know, everyone's in a good mood with training camp, even if your team kind of stinks. Like, I'm a Bears fan. I know it's not going to work out well, but, hey, when I see that Mooney had seven catches in a workout, I think positive. We each have to fill out the poll question. We have to put one. Blank just isn't going to work out this year. We choose the player coach, team even, I guess, Mm. where there's hope, and it seems like that player is decent, or there's, but you just don't think it's going to work out. Geno Smith just isn't going to work out. How's that? Okay. Seattle Seahawks. Yes. You don't realize how right you are, because uh, Drew Locke's going to throw at least 19 touchdown passes, so that's why. You better hope so. Yeah, you got a bet. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, Seaton, you got one? How about the coordinatorless Patriots not going to work out this year. Mm. I don't think the reason why they don't work out won't be because they haven't named their coordinators. I like how this Mac Jones that you know it feels like 
the uh, what do they call them, baby goat up there in uh, New England? <laughs> Careful! <laughs> no, I think they do. No, they don't. Yeah, I think he's called baby goat. Is that is that right, Seaton? I don't know. You're oh, <laughs> are you distancing yourself from the Patriots? <laughs> well, I just said they're going to stink this year. Yeah. Fritzy, I really hope you made that up. Just no, Google goat. that. Uh, Google if if he's called the baby goat up there in New England. Mac Jones, yeah, Paul. I have the headline: If the Patriots lose their first game, Fritzy, uncoordinated. Oh, Patriots lose opener. I like it. Oh, okay. I like it. Blue, blue. All right, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Someone, I do see someone does call him baby goat. Okay. <laughs> is that mutton or is that baby sheep? Yeah. I, baby sheep. I I don't. I, you can't call him baby goat. You can't. Baby goat's not. When do you become big boy goat? That's not. That's not. Ah, you're never going to be big boy goat. Yeah, grown up. Town. Grown up goat. Who was goat boy? Wasn't there a movie? Oh, uh, our buddy from SNL. Jim Brewer. Jim Brewer oh, played Jim Brewer. goat boy. Nah. <laughs> that was so weird. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> I always looks hot. <laughs> Thanks for having me on there. So bizarre. Goat boy. Would you rather be baby goat or goat boy? Poll question. I'd rather be goat boy. Yes, that's the correct answer. Yogurt dipped mini bones are available at danpatrick.com. We got some treats for your puppy or your goat, your baby goat, if you want to feed him. Uh, yogurt dipped mini bones for your uh, puppy. Uh, any other poll questions there, Seton? We're going with that one for now, Dan. Okay. So you fill in the blank. Yeah. We could do uh, maybe a future poll question a little later in the show on worse quarterback situations. A couple of doozies. Ooh. Okay. Commanders being one. Okay. Steelers not looking good in Pittsburgh right now. It's Carolina a positive? Carolina, we could add them. Yeah. Yes, Tom. Yeah, that's the whole. You have two quarterbacks. You have no quarterbacks thing with those guys. You, so you got Seattle. You got Carolina. Pittsburgh. Um, Commanders. Yep. Who else am I leaving out? Suspect quarterback situation. For some reason, I just always want to throw the Bears in there. Yeah. Well. Chronically suspect. Chronically. I, I saw a headline where it said Justin Fields is in a good place. I go, is he, is he still in Chicago? <laughs> <laughs> I love Chicago, but no, he's in a good place. Oh, he got traded. Where? No, he's in Chicago, but he's in a good place going into his second year. Yes, Mark. The Browns? Um, I guess. I guess we're going to find out how awkward it is or how shaky that quarterback situation is. Yes, Tom. What about the whole Winston, Dalton, Hill, Ian Brooke, that whole combo of Saints? Is that going to work out with Winston? He's very inconsistent. Are you concerned about them? Well, they've named him the starter. I mean, I've I've seen Jameis Winston play well, but, I mean, Ian Book is – not ready to play. So, yeah, I mean, I'm okay with Jeff. I, do, I just don't look at him as a franchise quarterback. I think he's got talent. I think he's a, I think he thinks he's a whole lot better than what he is, or he plays that way. When I mean, there's, there's one Brett Favre in the history of the game, and he could giveth and he could taketh away. But he was fascinating. 
I don't want my quarterback to try to emulate Brett Favre. Because, you know, do you realize that Favre and a, a former coach with the Packers said he got bored. So he would look for degree of difficulty passes. Could he have taken up a hobby like woodworking <laughs> instead of thrown to the opposition? Would have been better. Oh. <laughs> I mean, you get to the point where you go, man, eh, that guy's wide open. He's open. Double covered. Let's try to squeeze it in there. But, but I, you know, I think Mahomes, he was labeled a sort of a Brett Favre kind of quarterback. And, but he, I think he's better at when he takes his chances than Favre. Favre took more chances. I mean, he was unbelievable talent. Fascinating to watch. But he could probably drive you crazy if you were on that coaching staff. All right, phone calls coming up as we always do every Monday, best and worst of the weekend. We, uh, I guess we've settled on our poll question. Take a break. We're back after this. Dan Patrick Show. If you own a business, it's been a bumpy ride, the pandemic, inflation, you could use a break, and maybe this will help you. If your business has five or more employees managed to survive COVID, you could be eligible to receive a payroll tax rebate of up to $26,000. That's per employee. And it's not a loan. There's no payback. It's a refund on your taxes. You cut through the red tape get your refund money, and you get started by going to GetRefunds.com. Now, they're going to do all the work. There's no charge up front. They share a percentage of the money that they get for you. Businesses of all types can qualify, even those that took PPPs, nonprofits, even those that had increases in sales. The team at GetRefunds.com has already returned over $1 billion to businesses, and they can help you too. But you have to go to GetRefunds.com, click on Qualify Me, and answer a few questions. This payroll tax refund is only available maybe till the end of the year. So you got to act. Don't miss out. Go to GetRefunds.com. No risk. High reward. GetRefunds.com. Good luck. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. 
I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This award-nominated program brought to you by Mercedes. The family takes turns turning heads, brains, beauty, and athleticism. All they need now is for you to drive them off the lot. Mercedes-Benz family of SUVs, a family of unrivaled vehicles waiting at your local dealer. Paulie said, uh, I got a Brett Favre trivia question. I said, all right, well, let me wait till I turn on the microphone. So let's have it, Paulie. You were talking about how Brett Favre, he was gunslinger, gave away a lot of picks, also threw a ton of touchdowns. Uh, he won three MVPs. He led the league in touchdown passes thrown four times. Mm-hmm. He led the league's, league in interceptions thrown three times. Mm-hmm. How many? And I'm working on the results because got to go through them. How many quarterbacks in NFL history – both led the league in touchdown passes and interceptions multiple times. Multiple. Multiple. Multiple is the key word. Harvard has four and three. Right. So we're, we're going to have this in just a couple minutes. Mm. That seems like a real specific category. Yeah. Because you've got to be really good to be able to throw a lot of touchdown passes, but then really good to throw a lot of interceptions and still keep your job. Yeah, Paul. I'm pretty sure Peyton Manning led the league in interceptions as a rookie, but I don't think he, he didn't had, lead in no because he had like 27 interceptions as a rookie. Yeah, maybe 16 touchdown passes. But it doesn't have to be the same season. Yeah. At any point in your career, but I don't think Peyton Manning ever led the league in interceptions again after that rookie year. Probably not. No, probably not. I'm trying to think, who else would be on that list that throw enough? Because you said multiple times. Because Jameis Winston threw 30 interceptions, but I don't know. I don't think he led the league in touchdown passes that year. Yes, Seton. What about like Matthew Stafford? He feels like a fellow who threw the ball quite a bit, probably racked up some touchdowns, but also had a bunch of picks. By the way, the Rams trying to downplay the uh, tenderness in Matthew Stafford's throwing elbow. Here's Matthew Stafford talking about the injury. I just have a little soreness. We're working through it. I felt pretty good today. I thought it looked pretty good. But just trying to be smart with it and make me feel as good as I can feel going into week one and, and uh, while still getting as many reps as I can, too. I wonder if this is 
just something that lingers there the entire season. And then you just sort of have to understand you're going to have these moments when it might be inflamed, uh, might get it drained, but not knowing the extent of it, just knowing, you know, the sensitivity that you're going to have there, that might, that might persist the entire season. Yeah, Paul. Matthew Stafford in his career has never led a league in touchdown passes thrown. Last year, for the, only, for the first and only time in his career, he led a league in interceptions thrown. At 17, which isn't yeah, that's crazy bad. bad. No, no. I think Eli Manning has led the league in interceptions a few times. But I don't know if he's led in touchdowns. He has not. You're correct. He led the league in interceptions three different times in his career. Okay. Hmm. hmm. Brett Favre. Might be on his own on this one. There's nobody else who's led in interceptions and touchdown passes. Same season. Yes, Tom. Steve Bartkowski. You're just, just throwing, throwing it out there. You're just throwing out a name. <laughs> I am throwing it out yeah. Hey, a guy from the 80s. Let me throw his name out. Jim, Jim Hart. Zorn. Jim oh, Hart. Jim Hart. That's 70s with the St. Louis Cardinal. Correct. Yeah. Thank you, Todd. You're welcome. Yeah, Paul. Steve Barkowski never led the league in anything. Touchdown passes. <laughs> he, no offense. He, he led the league in good looks. Actually, you know what? One uh, year he did. He in, in 1980. I don't know if that wasn't a strike here. No, he did uh, have 31 touchdown passes in 1980. But he never led the league in interceptions. Yeah. That's wild. Joe Namath? Joe threw more interceptions than touchdown passes in his career. Yes, he did. we say Drew Brees? Uh, yeah, Paul. You're so close with Joe Namath. Namath led the league in interceptions at four different times in his career. He led the league in touchdown passes once. He needed one more to be in the far of a category. <clears throat> Brett Favre doing? Did he lead the league in touchdowns and interceptions in the same season? No. In 72, he had 19 touchdown passes and 21 picks. Right. He only had I – have, uh, I have Joe Namath having zero seasons where he had more touchdowns than picks. Actually, his rookie year had more touchdowns than picks. Every season after, it was picks over touchdowns. Yeah, that's one that I would love to talk to the voters about Joe Namath. Because Joe Namath probably had the biggest win in NFL history when you consider that they were the biggest underdogs with the Jets in Super Bowl three against the established Baltimore Colts. It was that Don Shula and the Baltimore Colts, and you had Johnny Unitas, Earl Morrill, huge underdogs to them. And, you know, the NFL, the AFL wanted to prove that they could play with the NFL. And Joe guaranteed it, and they were going to win, and they end up winning, what, 16-7. to But... That got Joe into the Hall of Fame. Because I've always maintained, while I loved watching Namath, everything about him, white shoes, you know, the way he would flick the ball and throw it 60 yards, you know, he had that charisma. Lenny Dawson, to me, was a better quarterback than Joe Namath. Uh, but, and then he won the Super Bowl the following year when they beat the Vikings. But you just, you know, that perception, that reality, uh, how the voters, how the public sees you. People wouldn't guess that Joe Namath had more interceptions than touchdowns. But Joe did. Joe, you know, you go back to Alabama where Joe was a great athlete, and then that's when he started having these knee surgeries. Drafted by the Jets and got that opportunity to go toe-to-toe with the Colts and uh, beat them in Miami. Yeah, Marv. So it's very much an Eli Manning situation. Well, Eli did win two Super Bowls and was really good in those Super Bowls. 
Was he a great regular season quarterback? No. Was he a good regular season quarterback? Yes. Is he... Was Jim Plunkett Eli Manning before Eli Manning? Because Jim Plunkett won two Super Bowls, I believe. Uh, Had some highs and lows. Former number one pick with the Patriots. And uh, then went to the Raiders and, and found a home there. But... You know, there's certain guys that you look back and you just remember them. The Browns had a wide receiver named Gary Collins. Now, this is going to mean, you know, probably absolutely nothing to 99% of you. But growing up, Paul Warfield and Gary Collins played for the Browns, and we got to see the Browns every Sunday where I lived in Ohio. I just remember Gary Collins was an unbelievable wide receiver. Great. Uh, But you also had Paul Warfield, who was... Lynn Swan before Lynn Swan. And if you look at Gary Collins' numbers, back then a wide receiver, when you caught a ball, you averaged about 16 yards, 17 yards per catch. And if you check, I think Gary Collins probably had over 70 touchdown receptions. But he also played on a Browns team that had Jim Brown on it and Leroy Kelly on it. So got overshadowed. But there's certain players where you look back and you go, God, I just remember him as being great. Not going to get in the Hall of Fame. Because, you know, as we get to the point with Hall of Fame numbers, and you start to think about this, like Emmett Smith's record rushing yards is never going to be broken. Just because you got longevity, you got health, uh, you, you're going to stay with a team that had a great offensive line, they're going to run the football. But who is going to give their running back the ball 30, 35 times a game? And the answer is nobody. Jerry Rice's numbers, which I thought would never be broached, there's more likelihood of Jerry Rice's receiving numbers falling than Emmett Smith because the running back and there are more passes. You know, you have a, a platoon system at running back. Wide receivers were throwing it even more. But trying to, like, the thing that worries me about the NFL is what has taken over in baseball, and that is the numbers. The sheer numbers prove how great you are, and that's not always the case. You know, Lynn Swan, well, look at what he did. Okay, but what would he do now? Or John Stallworth. It's, they threw, you know, they probably had 345 catches in their careers. But what they did, when they did it, how they did it is, you know, has to be factored in there. Here, let's see. Gary Collins, 70 touchdown receptions, averaged 16 yards per catch and had 331 receptions. They weren't throwing the ball back then. 15 times, maybe? So when you caught it, you made the defense pay. And I think we we lose that. Uh, sometimes you go, well, I didn't see him play. Like Otis Anderson, to me, was a fabulous running back. And, and I, I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer or not. Yeah, I mentioned Ricky Waters. Ricky Waters was the first dual threat running back. Like, he could catch and he could run. He rushed for 10,000 yards. He had 500 catches, I think. He was Marshall Falk before Marshall Falk. It's just Marshall was part of the greatest show on turf. Like, it, it, we like it for it to be easy. We could go, oh, yeah, man, he was on that. They got to be great. Yeah, Mark. That's why I think Julian Edelman is going to get some real push for the Hall of Fame. Because of what he did. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer, but what he did in those Super Bowls and 
they're going to say, man, he was a part of that, that second part of that dynasty yeah. with Brady because they're going to, you know, you're going to uh, start, you know, going down names. You're going to say, okay, Brady was on that team, Gronk. Remember Junior Edelman? And I think he might get a push. Well, but you start to look at teams, and also when you win. Like, to me, the Vikings lost four Super Bowls. And because of that, there are guys who should – I don't think Paul Krause is in the Hall of Fame. Did he finally get in, Paulie? The safety? Yes. I, I think so. I'm checking. But he had like 82 interceptions, something crazy. But they didn't win a Super Bowl. But the Steelers, when they won, we're putting in Donnie Shell. He didn't even start for the Steelers defense back then. Is Paul Krause in? Yeah, you got him in. Good. <laughs> Good. Got him in. Right. Yeah. Woo. Here, here's a stat. Uh, you know, like Jerry Rice's record still feels pretty safe. He's at uh, 1,549 catches. Larry Fitzgerald had it. I know he did. Larry Fitzgerald retired by choice last year, and he hasn't really officially retired yet. If Larry Fitzgerald catches 50 balls last year, let's say 60 balls for two seasons, he's passing Rice. I know. Like, he is. He's, he's 120 behind him, 117 behind him. And you probably can't, you can remember one catch that Larry Fitzgerald had in his career. Yeah. That touchdown reception against the Steelers. And he would have been Super Bowl MVP. Yes, he probably would have been. Who is the active Ooh. leader in receptions? Active is the Ooh. tricky word here. Right. Technically, so Larry Fitzgerald, he's oh, not considered active. Technically. Antonio Brown is at 928 catches, and he did most of it in about a five-year span. Have you seen him rap? Yeah. Did Unfortunately, you, yes. Yeah, did yeah. you see that? Yeah. He came out. Okay, what is it about when, you know, performers wearing leather on stage? Like when Eddie Murphy wore the all red. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And then it felt like every comedian after that was going to wear leather. I don't, I didn't get it. And then you got AB who came out and you're like, it's, it's in the summer, it's hot, and he's got leather pants and a leather coat on. Yeah, Marv. It's swag. Is that what it is? Oh, it might be stupidity, but we're going to call it, the, think the kids call it swag. And he's not good. Oh, come on, DP. We're having a good day. I, I think he just kept repeating the same line over and over and over. DP, that's also rap these days. Oh, it yeah. is? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> his dance got a lot of attention, too. It was... Yeah, I don't. How would you describe his dancing? <laughs> Arm. <laughs> I I saw that kind of dancing, you know, white man overbite at the wedding I was at this weekend. I was like, oh, man, he's been watching us dance. Here is Otis Anderson. He's got 10,000 rushing yards, 81 touchdowns in his career. He's really uh, I don't know. Yeah, more. Does he have a Super Bowl MVP? With the Giants. Okay. Right? Otis Anderson. But 10,000 yards, 81 games, that's pretty good. DP, get him in. Yeah, I'm busy. He, he played for those St. Louis Cardinals, the pretty yes. bland team, though, in the early 80s. They had a couple good, you know, green, the receiver. They had a couple good players, but Roy he green. started really well, cooled off, had a Super Bowl run. I have the Favre answer. Okay. Wait, what's the question? I forgot the question. <laughs> quarterbacks, quarterbacks who have led the league in both touchdowns and 
thrown and interceptions thrown. In the same season? No, multiple times in their careers. Oh, okay. Multiple times. Multiple times. Brett Favre. Brett Favre! Four times led the league in touchdown passes, three times in picks. John Hadle played for the Rams about oh, a thousand I years ago. I loved him. Uh, two times touchdowns, two times interceptions. And Y.A. Tittle, uh, the New York Giants. Giants. Here's Ricky Waters' numbers. 10,000 rushing yards, 78 touchdowns. Uh, Todd, you could throw in his receptions, too. That's true. That's the point I was making is he was the Marshall Falk before Marshall Falk. Like 500 receptions there. I'm checking. <laughs> <laughs> Who wouldn't want to know his number of receptions? Yeah. That was, that was the point I was bringing up. It was that dual threat. Yeah, Paul. Uh, in only 10 seasons of football, Ricky Waters had 10,600 yards and 467 receptions. That's pretty good. It's like, I think that's second most in running back history, or third most. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's like Larry Centers always had 50 catches a year. Larry Centers might have more receptions at a running as a running back than any other running back. What about Keith Byers? Keith Byers, like that. Well, he was also tight end, or he was tight end at Oklahoma, and then kind of H back when he got into the NFL. H back, yeah, Paul. There should be a Hall of Fame of players you'd want on your team, but aren't Hall of Famers. Like, remember Darren Sproles? He only retired Love two years Darren ago. Sproles. This guy, he only ran for like four thousand yards in his career. Yeah. He had 600 catches, yeah, and he seemed to always be in the Pro Bowl or a very dangerous player. Maybe Larry Centers used to hold the record for most receptions for a running back. Because if Sproles had 600, then he's blown blown by that. Checking. All right. Yes, he. Did you say Roger Craig? Roger Craig should be up there. With uh, he was a dual threat. The first he was probably the first dual threat, really. Uh. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't have as many rushing yards. This uh, he was the first NFL player to have a thousand yards rushing and receiving in the same season. That's pretty impressive. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, Paul. Let's play the running back with the most career receptions game. Well, I already made, I made my mistake. I said Larry Center. He's second all time. Well, then it, Darren Sproles, if he's got six hundred. Nope, this guy is quite a bit above that. There's some heavy. You know, Marcus Allen has five hundred eighty-seven receptions. Yeah. Tiki Barber, 586. Oh, 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 oh Paulie gets to talk about Tiki oh, Barber. Chronically underrated. God. Daily disrespect of Tiki <laughs> Barber. Daily. And I'm sick of the daily disrespect. Like the, Fred Taylor. Fred Taylor, the daily disrespect. <laughs> Darren Sproles has... You know, I went two days this weekend without disre- disrespecting him for some reason. You turn your phone off? Yeah. I, I, when he said there's a daily disrespect... Who's disrespecting Fred Taylor? We are right now. I know. I I love Fred Taylor. What's he got, 10,000 rushing yards? Sure. All right. Uh, This running back had 12,000 rushing yards and 767 receptions. Uh, I was going to say Curtis Martin. He's He's, uh, Curtis Martin's top 10, though. Okay. Marshall Falk. I'm going to say Marshall Falk. That's the correct answer. He has 767 catches. Yeah. Uh, here's one that maybe even underrated. Ladanian Tomlinson has 13,000 rushing yards and 624 receptions. Yeah. But uh, let's take a break. We got our play of the day coming up, and uh, we'll get to your phone calls, best and worst of the weekend, right after this. 
Summer's here, record high temperatures across the country. You want to be outside? You want to have some time off, vacation, be with the family? You just don't want to be drenched in sweat, right? You don't want that swampy feeling. Something you can do about it. Link Soul. You ever wish your shorts or pants had air conditioning? Well, Link Soul has you covered. Link Soul has taken its most technical fabric, specifically designed to be moisture wicking and quick drying, and use laser technology to add precision cut perforations that gives you maximum airflow. Featured in the Boardwalker AC short, the Saturday workout short, or even the classic Chino, the AC technology comes in every style you need. Temperatures aren't coming down anytime soon, but that doesn't mean you have to sacrifice your comfort. When you're moving around, have a great time this summer. Link Soul's Boardwalker AC collection keeps you cool everywhere you go. You can see the entire summer collection at linksoul.com. That's L-I-N-K-S-O-U-L.com. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, my God. The play, the play, the play. of the day. This is the play of the day. Check this out. Now Frost with the pitch. DeYoung bluffs a move. There's a high fly ball. That's hit deep. Left field. And it's on Gunner. Paul DeYoung with a three-run homer with two outs in the eighth inning. And what a series he has had against the Yankees. Courtesy of KMOX, the Cardinals Radio Network, play of the day. We all have different ideas about success, achieve it at different times, different ways as we strive to reach our financial goals. Can't make mistakes, don't go alone. Invest in your success, invest with a Stiefel Financial Advisor. That's Stiefel Nicholson Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Top 10 running backs not in the Hall of Fame. Not sure who this is courtesy of. Freeman McNeil's on the list. Kurt Warner. At, uh, yeah. All right, well. No offense. Kurt Warner out of Penn State had a nice couple years early with the Seahawks, and it went poorly fast. Uh, let's see. He, as a rookie, led the AFC in rushing, helped uh, his team get to the uh, conference championship game, tore his ACL, bounced back three more 1,000-yard rushing seasons. Uh, Okay. Uh, How about James Brooks, San Diego? He was Um, all-purpose. Yeah. That was a team where they threw the ball. He got overshadowed just because they it was all about the offense there. Uh, Eddie George? How about Eddie George? Uh, second NFL running back to rush for 10,000 yards while never missing a start. How about that? Uh, four-time All-Pro? Uh, let's see. Uh, Chuck Foreman. And I love the spin doctor. He was the original spin doctor, the way he played. Uh, 10,000 yards, 73 total touchdowns. Tiki Barber, those numbers certainly are Hall of Fame worthy. Is Herschel Walker a Hall of Famer? Uh, I'd say no. Certainly one of the most talented running backs ever. Ricky Waters, I mentioned that. Uh, Let's see, who else? Otis Anderson mentioned that he should be in the Hall of Fame. And uh, Roger Craig. So Roger Craig is not in the Hall of Fame. But what he did 
uh, 13,000 total yards in 11 seasons, 73 touchdowns. Uh, Yeah, Paulie. Herschel Walker, he played two years in the USFL, which burned those out. Those don't count with his Hall of Fame case because it's the... the, But do the ABA numbers count for the Basketball Hall of Fame? It is the Pro Football Hall of Fame, not the NFL Hall of Fame, right? Yes, and it's the Basketball Hall of Fame, not the NBA. Herschel was unbelievable with the New Jersey Generals. When he got to the Cowboys, though... He had one 1,500-yard season, and yeah. that was monstrous. Yeah. But he, it, it, compared to his college expectations, he didn't pay off. He became more, more, more of a return man reception guy in the back half of his career with Philly. And he really lack, lacked shiftiness. When you think of running backs, you know, they have great feet. And Herschel never looked like he was – I mean, he certainly never reminded you of Gale Sayers. He didn't make you miss. He ran you over. Let me go back to Bill Bates trying to tackle him when uh, Georgia played Tennessee. Herschel was a really good running back. He just never lived up to that great. Like his sophomore year at Georgia might have been the best year that he had as a running back. Uh, A couple of phone calls. Steve in Wyoming. Hi, Steve. What's on your mind today? Hey, bud. Yep. Six, five, three, ten. All right. (laughs) Uh, best of the week, one week closer to live football. And my worst of the week happened to hear my uh, savior, my quarterback, tell me how he's become a better lover. <laughs> Sorry about that. It was just too much information with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, become a better teammate, a better person, a better citizen, better lover. <laughs> okay. I- I'm going to take your word off. Noted. Yes. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> oh, I've been doing this too long. <laughs> I have. I, I've been doing it too long. So, Aaron, uh, how has ayahuasca helped you as a person? Uh, made me better person and citizen, teammate, and lover. <laughs> Yes, more. <laughs> Better lover. <laughs> if I'm like a local reporter at the end of the season, they do the recap. And let's uh, review your season as a quarterback, citizen, and lover. Yeah. Aaron, what are your thoughts? Let's start with lover. Yeah, knock that out. Yeah. Were you a, more of an MVP on the field or off uh, the field, Aaron? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to see J.J. Watt post uh, ayahuasca. Oh, and we're a bunch of good ass dudes. We're much better lovers. And we're doing. <laughs> he would do Made in America ayahuasca, yeah. not that. No, no. Not he, from other countries. No, not in Peru. Yeah. yeah. Made, if I do ayahuasca, I do it in the United States. Yeah. Not Peru. Good. Iowa. Some good American made ayahuasca. Yeah. I'm going to Iowa to do ayahuasca. Then he's in. Yeah. Because I'm a cyclone, <laughs> I'm a Hawkeye. Al in Atlanta. Hi, Al. Best and worst of the weekend. Morning, Dan. Morning. Best of the weekend was getting to cheer on my mother and the rest of the Atlanta Tri-Sisters as they competed in the East Cobb Triathlon here in Georgia. And could you do me a quick favor later on when Ross Tucker is on? Could you tell him the reason I no longer compete alongside my mother is because I am blind, and until I learn how to race with a guide, I am relegated to a cheerleading position. All right. What? Thank you. I don't. I don't know if Ross Tucker is going to bring that up. Paulie's the blind guy. Half blind. Paulie's cornered the blind market. Yeah. I think those are a little 
more local references there for Al. They're a little more Way personal. Way too much. Me. Al does that. Like, Al, this is, this is a national broadcast here. But I will say, Al calls early, early on Monday to get in to give us his best and worst of the weekend. Uh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to tell Tyler, have Al give him his best and worst of the weekend. I'm going to let Tyler decide if Al deserves to be on the air. Uh, at a great sandwich at a uh, local <laughs> lunch truck that I went to. There's a subway. And... There's a subway sandwich shop here, and I had a BMT. And just want to say, I had it on an Italian herb, and it was great. New food truck park opened up by me. <laughs> I, had, I went to a water fountain. I haven't been to a water fountain in a while. It was really good. The great Anthony Munoz will join us coming up next hour. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.